Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2678, Why Beating Yourself Up is Keeping You Stuck in Place, by Erica Lane of ericalane.co. And I'm Justin Mollick. I read to you every day with permission from the authors. We have a bunch of shows where we read to you covering different topics. Just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this to find all of the shows. And today I have a new author for this show. I'll tell you about Erica right after the reading. So for now, let's get right to it as we optimize your life. Why Beating Yourself Up is Keeping You Stuck in Place by Erica Lane of ericalane.co. So my oldest kid is old enough to follow me on Instagram now, which is mostly weird and also kind of unexpectedly fun. But the other day, he looked up from Instagram with this glint in his eye and said, there goes mom again, talking about mindfulness and stuff while she's over here yelling, I'm code red, code red, everybody get out of my space. I knew he was trolling me, he is his father's son, but I still felt an initial ping of hypocrisy, probably even shame. That said, those feelings stayed with me for no more than a couple seconds. It was almost like I was standing outside of myself, watching those feelings wash across me and then slip peacefully away like a morning wave when you're triggered. Old Erica would have been emotionally triggered by my son's comment. Let's just say the wave would not have receded nearly that fast. But this Erica actually landed on feeling proud of herself. This Erica laughed with him because, heck yes, she talks about slowing down, living mindfully, and taking the pressure off. And she gets super irritated with her family and tells them all to go away. After those initial feelings washed through me, I trusted that my son sees me as multifaceted, multidimensional, imperfect, but still whole, trying, falling, trying, falling, and ultimately expanding. But the reason I was able to move so quickly through those feelings of shame is that I've stopped beating myself up for my sensitivity. It's convenient, and I really do wish that I wasn't so quick to get overstimulated, but I've stopped painting it in my head as a character flaw. I'm no longer making it mean that there's something wrong with me. Because of the work I've done to accept my sensitivity, I actually feel like I'm ever so slowly growing in my ability to hold space for my own dysregulation. It's slow going, but I'm seeing so much more progress than I ever did when I was beating myself up for it. Do you have these wires crossed? A lot of us have two wires crossed in our brains. We think that if we criticize ourselves for something, we will improve at it. But that's just not true. Here's why. 
Three reasons beating yourself up is keeping you stuck in place. Reason number one, we don't drive aligned action from shame. The truth is that if you're beating yourself up for something, you're most likely going to stew in feelings of discouragement, disappointment, guilt, humiliation, self-reproach, and shame. And because our feelings drive our actions, you aren't going to generate aligned action from any of those feelings. Think about it. When you're looping on negative thoughts about yourself and sitting in a puddle of self-loathing, how likely are you to, for example, get up and exercise? How likely are you to pull your kids in for a silly dog pile or have an open-hearted, defenses-down conversation with your spouse? Or are you more likely to snap at your people, hit the snooze button for a fourth time, or mentally check out with Netflix and social media? Speaking unkindly to yourself will not inspire you to act like the highest version of yourself. Reason number two, acceptance, not resistance, is the key to expansion. Would you tell someone you deeply love that they should be fundamentally different than they are? If you deeply love an introvert, would you tell him or her that they should be the life of the party? If you deeply love someone who's extremely uncomfortable with conflict, would you throw them into the middle of a heated fight with your loud extended family? If you love someone who's naturally a night owl, would you tell them they're flawed because they struggle with early mornings? Well, so why do we do that to ourselves? There's a bad energy to telling yourself that you have to do something or that you have to be different than you are. When we're told we have to, we put up walls, we resist. So if you're telling yourself this, you're essentially flipping a switch to deploy your own defenses. For years, I hated my sensitivity. I really thought it hindered my ability to be a good parent, a present go-with-the-flow parent. But no matter how much I told myself to stop getting so overstimulated, no matter how much I wished I was different and tried to force my nervous system to cooperate, nothing changed. Interestingly, when our boy made that joke about me being code red, I realized that I actually am growing in my ability to hold my own dysregulation, to look at it with empathy and allow the uncomfortable sensations to come up. Like I said, it's not happening overnight and I may never fully shift it, but that's okay. Just accepting has allowed me to grow. And reason number three, there's nothing wrong with you. What if the things you think are problems about you aren't problems at all? Maybe you're multi-passionate and that's okay. Maybe you start way more projects than you finish and that's okay. Maybe you really like to be alone and that's okay. Maybe you never like to be alone and that's okay. Maybe you always run late and that's okay. Everything has its flip side. What if by squashing what you see as a downside of your character, you're also squashing the upside? What if dampening your perceived weaknesses also dampens your strengths? What if your problems are actually gifts? I'd argue that there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing you need to beat yourself up for. Maybe it's when we stop antagonizing ourselves and finally embody our own imperfection that we'll really be able to grow. You just listened to the post titled, Why Beating Yourself Up is Keeping You Stuck in Place by Erica Lane of ericalane.co. Erica Lane is a sunset chaser, mom of three, and founder of the Life on Purpose movement, a community of women living life with intention. Her website reaches thousands of women every day, helping them trade overwhelm and fatigue for focus and peace. 
Erica graduated in print journalism from BYU, has been interviewed for the Wall Street Journal, and contributes to some of the top websites in the minimalism space. She lives with her young family in the San Francisco Bay Area. You can find her book, The Minimalist Way, on Amazon, and a bunch of great articles on her site. Just come by ericalane.co. I thank you to Erica for the post. I think she's right about beating ourselves up and then the actions that don't arise because of that. Those negative emotions that come from beating ourselves up, like shame, guilt, and disappointment, don't put us into a constructive state. If anything, it's the opposite. If we can instead come from a place of positivity, I think we'll have a better chance of progressing. And same with point two, we're often way harder on ourselves than others. So one thing we can do is question if we're treating ourselves as we treat others, especially in the way that we talk to ourselves. Something to keep in mind though is that often the mental chatter is so quick, we don't even realize it's happening inside us. And that's where mindfulness practice comes in. And we've definitely heard a lot of that on this show, even in the last week, I think. So plenty to take away from this article. Thank you again to Erica, our newest author, to contribute their work. And thank you for being here. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.